Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about the Chase motorcycle race that ran through the Ozarks last week, and also our featured ride of the week, Norfolk to Yellville, down in Arkansas, an 82-mile run. Might find it interesting, so, you know, don't run off, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. Have you seen the Ozarks lately? It's getting all green and beautiful. It's a great time to be out on your bike. So be sure to put Brad Bradshaw's number in your phone, 417-333-3333. Spring and summertime brings a lot of folks out on the road, and if they're distracted by the Ozark scenery, they may not see you. Accidents do happen. So keep this in mind. Brad's a physician, surgeon, and a lawyer. So after the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Remember, save his number, 417-333-3333. You know, Randy, the she who must be obeyed, she's uh, suggested that I get out more. Probably tired of looking at me, I would imagine. And I can only assume that she means to get out more on my bike. Well, that's the way I choose to think about it anyway. Which means that making sure it's serviced and ready to roll. Heartland Honda in Springdale. The first level five Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas can get your ride ready to roll. Their red level technicians are the best at what they do. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. So when you're ready for something new, check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Hardland Honda. Work hard, play hard. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. Joining me as always from Bikeworks in Urbana, Missouri, is Randy Lewis. As he swigs his beers, and that, yep. yes, that's plural. He's already finished with one. Yeah, Pop well, a top. Yeah, might as well. Hold up, folks. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, you had a good week, I assume. Mm-hmm. I'm still alive. Yeah. Construction has started on your uh, building, yep. sort of. You yeah. know, the, the platform is... Yep. Slowly but surely, we'll make progress. So you got your wallet stolen. <laughs> yes, I did. Freaking low-life pieces of trash. That's got into your say. saddlebags. That yeah. in itself is a crime. Yeah, which it's... I mean, I guess... I mean, it is my fault for not locking it up, but I'm in a freaking girls' softball tournament on a the only motorcycle in the parking lot... And sure enough, I come back to my bike, not think much about it, throw my chew in the saddlebag, hop on, bust ass out. So I get about 30 miles away from where I'm at. I'm like, oh, I'll go ahead and stop and fill up with fuel. Go to get my bike and no wallet. I'm like, what the hell? What have I done? So then I start playing over and over and over in my mind. Last time I had it, where was I? When did I use it? Luckily, I always carry cash too. So I walk in, pay for my fuel. And then the freak out starts. I'm like, all right, shit, what was in my wallet? You know, my driver's license, concealed carry, a credit card, debit cards, things like that. 
uh, probably had a couple hundred bucks in cash, but just gone. So I called one customer that I was driving his his side by side around, and I'm like, "Hey, did I happen to leave my wallet in there?" No, you know, just tear my bike apart looking for it. Look behind the saddlebags, thinking maybe I set it on my seat and it fell down between or something like that. Cannot find it anywhere. So the only thing I can guess is that someone got in my bag at the tournament and freaking ripped me off. It would be fun to catch somebody in oh, the act of doing that. I I, <laughs> I pray for that day sometimes. <laughs> I'm I'm sadistic like that. Yeah. I'm like, if I can just catch somebody doing it. That would be good times. Yeah, good I'd times. definitely waste 68 cents to put one between their face and yeah. there. Well, you'd have to retrieve it because, yeah, it costs money. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ride of the week down in Arkansas, Norfolk to Yellville, and that's kind of uh, west to east. It's kind of central. Yeah. Uh, but it's up in the northern part of the state. It's an 82-mile run. You can find it, if you're curious about it, on page two of the Ozark Rides website, just go to the Arkansas Ride Maps uh, pages, flip over to page two, and I think it's towards the bottom of the page. But it's a great ride. It's a really nice alternative, actually, to the Push Mountain Run. Everybody's kind of heard of that. But this ride, instead of going straight through the St. Francis National Forest, kind of loops and, loops and circles it. Yeah, yeah. it kind of circumnavigates it, which just because it doesn't go through the forest, I mean, hell. Yeah, it's right there. You Most everything in Arkansas is forest just because it doesn't have a name on it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is an awesome ride. Twisties. Yeah, for sure. So. I like, because we come from the north to go to the south, so I like rolling 125 south and go across Peel Ferry and end in Yellville and then start this ride. Yeah. And head it from the north to the south and end up in Norfolk. So I kind of particularly like do that. it backwards yeah yeah well hell i mean why travel past all that cool stuff to go to the southern part of the ride to come back hey man listen uh I, we've said it a hundred times if you've ridden a, a route and yeah. you really like it go turn the other around way. and what else you got going on hell turn around mm -hmm. and do it backwards and i guarantee you every time it's going to be a different ride. Yeah, exactly. Really, really cool area of the state. So if you're in that in that spot of the woods, hit it up. Yeah. Well, last week we had a pretty neat thing happen here in the Ozarks. A lot of you may have heard about this, and maybe a lot of you haven't, uh, depending on where you're listening. There's an outfit called the Chase Motorcycle Race. Oh, This yeah. is in my wheelhouse because it's vintage motorcycles. Love the idea. Love yeah, everything about it. Yeah, it's brought on to you by the uh, people that present the... Um, the cannonball run. Yeah, the cannonball, the vintage cannonball. Yeah, yeah, which that's a story all in itself, how that started and what it is. Anyway, really? Do you I know digress. the story? Somewhat. The old man's name was Cannonball, and he set out San Francisco to New York. That was his name? Yeah, I believe it was his last name. Cannonball. Cannonball, yeah. I could be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, he set out, I believe he set out like San Francisco to New York and on a vintage motorcycle. And then it kind of just progressed from there. That's really pretty cool. Now, the idea of the chase, normally it's a uh, kind of a, not necessarily a coast to coast, but a nationwide race. Yeah. But because of the stupid ass pandemic and... Uh, the Nancys out there. Uh, all the girlies. No offense to you ladies, uh, <laughs> unless it's due. <laughs> decided to cut the race down to uh, like what, they, what they're calling it, a mini chase. Yeah. And this year it was the Secrets of the Ozarks mini race. And it was from July 5th to the 10th. And the idea of the race is actually it's a cross-country challenge for vintage motorcycles. And vintage by that I mean 
1930 to 1960. Yeah, I believe this that's particular race. I believe that's how it was. And uh, it's a race actually of endurance, speed, navigation, and knowledge. I think what's really cool about this race is the fact that the racers don't know where they're going. When no. they're all gathered up and it's race day, you don't know where the hell you're going, <laughs> which direction, or what's going to happen. About it. They give you a map every day, so you only know that day's direction. Yeah. And as it's been explained to me, the map doesn't tell you where you're going. Oh, really? Yeah, it's somehow, and I don't know if it's a rolled paper, like a rolling map. I don't know if you've ever seen those or if they're doing it on computer now, like a GPS. But basically, all it does is it says, turn left, go 21 miles. And then once <laughs> you've got to that 21 miles, you go to the next part, turn right, go 27 miles. Really? Yeah. So you don't Man. have a clue. Now, they average, the idea is to average about 250 miles a day. And around here and on vintage bikes. Yeah. That's a haul. That's a day, yeah. Yeah, that's a full day. But here's the cool part. No chase trucks. <laughs> yeah, fix your shit on the side of the road. Can you imagine all those Harley riders? There's a lot of vintage Harley riders going, what? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny, they've been around since 1903. Any of these other manufacturers still around producing bikes? Anyways, as we move along. Yes, yeah. Triumph is it? <laughs> yeah. So exactly. they've had every After bike their in hiatus. There. They've had bikes. Uh, I don't. I bet you you probably haven't even heard of this. An AJS. Oh yeah, which I is mean, a 1955, all the way through Zundop. What the Japanese hell is that? <laughs> it's a German hell. <laughs> it sounds Japanese, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, the Zundop was a 55. The the AJS was a 1930. Mm. But uh, uh, a Zundop, I think it's a, a kind of like a BMW engine, opposable pistons. That's cool. Yeah. And very old and very slick looking. But, you know, you're, you're on your own. Slick. I mean, if you break down for whatever reason. You yeah, know, figure it out. Figure it out or stick your thumb out. You definitely got to know your machine. You know, most all these guys do. Hell, they probably take these bikes to several races and events like that. So they know them very, very well. But you would definitely have to be on top of your game. And well, somewhat in physical shape because these bikes weren't like today's day where you just hop on, you hit it, it goes bang, you set the cruise, and you just sit back with your arms crossed and laugh. Like these are riders' machines. And the average speed was like 40 miles an hour. The <laughs> uh, guy that was putting on the race, he said that it was not uncommon for a lot of these riders to, when they got to their hotel at night where they, where they all gathered together, is to pull their engines break them down to nothing and, go and rebuild them, them go yeah. through them yeah. and have them, you know, all nighters and yeah. then wake up in the you know morning for after your half hour nap yeah, and then get at it again. That's what I love about motorcycling. See, that yeah. puts hair on your ass. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah if you guys have bald asses, this is the way to get some hair on. <laughs> We're gals, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, whatever. <laughs> you know, there was a couple of ladies in this race, yeah. as I've been told. Yeah, yeah. Which is freaking awesome. I, yeah. really, I really do think that that's amazing. Maybe it's because I'm fathered two girls, but yeah, that's that's freaking rad. Yeah, I like to see the girls get involved and do things. I just and like seeing I'm, girls. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> you know, they'll say I'm old school, but which I am. But one of the modern things about me versus old school kind of thinking is it pisses me off that people think that girls can't do anything a guy can do. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, I and, and I'll tell you what, they can not only do it, 
Most probably. cases, better. Yeah. I, I, I know some chicks that will flat put dudes to shame. Yeah, the only thing a man has advantage over a girl is two things. The ability to pee standing up. Pee standing easily. up. Easily. that right. <laughs> easily. I mean, the other girl can do it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. Yeah, it's a little and, different. And uh, upper body strength. Yeah. Of course, I've met a couple of girls that, yeah. you know, Russian weightlifters. So this race went from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and it ended in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, but they kind of made a loop through the Ozarks, uh, southern Missouri and uh, northern Arkansas, and went over to Oklahoma yeah, and then back. Yeah, which is cool. Cape Girardeau, there's no good way to get there. So you're not hitting a, a big flat road. This is all two-lane riding. Every bit of it is two-lane. There's no roads, freeway to that. Yeah. And very uh, every bit of it is rural. Oh, yeah, yeah, which so, is freaking awesome. If you yeah. lived on this route, I mean— it, if you lived on the route and you knew it was coming through, like as a kid, how would you not just be glued? Well, they had 101 riders. That's a lot. Truthfully, that's a lot. That's a big club driving by. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine hearing all these little pea shooters and poppers run run through. You know, it's not yeah. like big V-twins now. No, pop it to pop it to pop. Yeah, yeah. 40-something miles an hour. Yeah. Dude dressed in his all leathers. Oil spewing everywhere, smoke on on exhaust, you know, just gosh dang. How does there that was one guy that I was rooting excited? for just because his bike was so different. It was a Harley, I don't remember the year, but it was a survey car. Oh but, yeah. You know, I don't know if our listeners know what a survey car is, is a it's a trike. Yeah. But it's an old trike that they used to deliver goods back in the day, you know. Yeah, forty five flathead on yeah, them usually. He didn't make it. His bike broke down on him. And they will come and get you and tow you away if you, you know, raise the white flag and said, I'm done. I admit defeat. I admit defeat. Then yeah. they'll come and get you. I mean, you're not yeah. stuck to that extent. Meter maids. Exactly. Yeah. That's the kind of thing yeah. it is. Meter maids. They use, in the cities, they use those to run around and check meters on. So in this race, you got to have three things that you have to, to work through. Uh, first one is navigation. Now, this particular race was 1,340 miles long. It's a five-day race. And you have to do the course without going off course or getting lost. And as I said, the way you get the directions, that's not really hard to do is to get off course. If you get off course, you're done. We're talking about old Indian navigation and tracking skills where you hold your thumb to the wind and count hands from the sun and stuff like that. Yeah. And as I said, you don't, you don't know tomorrow's route. No. So you have to, you know, rely on old fashioned navigation as Mr. Lewis indicated. The second one is speed. You're not racing, per se, bike to bike. You're racing against the clock. Yeah, time. So riders and the machines, they, 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 of course, they're, they're challenged to compete stages in a time fashion. So when you get to a certain point, you know, they, they mark down your time. Right. And it all comes together in the end. And I, as I believe, it, it's not one of those things where it's like a dirt bike race where everybody starts at one time and you just haul ass out. It's kind of set out in stages. Uh, the other thing is knowledge. Uh, you have to actually take a written test. Shut up. A 60-question test. It supposedly covers all aspects of the route and American motorcycle history. And uh, that those points will actually count towards your score. Shut the front door. Yeah, and that, I believe you I have to take this test before you take the ride. That's cool. So Ish. you got you to show your bona fides before you can even yeah, get on. You yeah. can't just show up and say, oh, I'm ready. Yeah, I've got a 1960 here. Let's let's rip ass here, yeah. you know? 
Exactly. So now the qualifications for these, of course, we've mentioned that the manufacturer bikes have to be between 1930 and 1960. I don't know if that's for every chase race or if it was just the qualifications just for one. this one. So if you somebody knows out there, they can let us know. We'll pass it along. Motorcycles, they get to be handicapped, and there's uh, several reasons. For example, you can get handicapped for the age, the older the motorcycle, you know, the higher it'll be handicapped. So if you've got a great running 1930 bike, use yeah. that one. Yeah, exactly. Because you get a little extra bonus for that. The engine displacement, motorcycles with smaller displacement engines, they get handicapped with higher than uh, motorcycles with, you know, Large, bigger yeah. engines. Logical. And you have to have the original engine and case. It all has to be numbers matching. That's... A little bit of a rarity there. Yeah, you don't get to just find one in a garage. Throw a big old S and S into this nineteen, you know, fifty, sixty, whatever. Yeah, we got yeah, yeah you know? exactly. We got an S and S, and we fixed it up and made it look old. Look, <laughs> we made it look old. No, it's not going to happen. Has to also have the original transmission, mm. no late model transmissions, and it everything has to be as far as the carburation has to be original and correct. So none of these late model Makunis. You're just S&S. thinking. I think you're thinking of a Mankini, is what you're thinking of. <laughs> what a jackass! You heard it, folks. I don't need to explain it to you. He's yep. a jackass. I am, and but this is a good beer stop. He's our kid, so you know. <laughs> sometimes you see a little kid on the side of the road. You just got to take it in and like a stray cat. Yeah, feed it beer. Yes, please. So this is the other side of that. You know, we live in the Ozarks where the weather changes at any point in time. Okay, so when you need to complete... Race goes on. Yeah, when you need to complete a leg, if it's pouring ass rain like we've had, tough shit, home slice. Like, you're in it. And then something else that's pretty rad about this is everything that you need on this race, you have to pack on your bike at right now. Yeah, you can't have somebody following you and say, oh, you're oh here's you your rain down. gear. <laughs> yeah, here's your rain gear. Here's your tools to right, fix it. Right, right. No, like, you have to have all that shit on your motorcycle for the duration of this race. And most of these guys dress in vintage clothing. Yeah, yeah. You'll see these guys riding with... Uh, the goggles, leather the caps, goggles, leather, leather jackets, yeah, the big, leather pants. Uh, white ascot scarves flying yes, behind them. Yes, yes. I mean, fun. Embrace everything that there is yeah. about this race. So, you know, that's something you got to think about too. You know, you talk about going 250 miles and you're racing against the clock. You want to kind of reduce weight so you can get better fuel mileage, whatever the hell that is, stuff like that. So when you're carrying, if you need a lot of tools or if you're kind of a soft person and you need a lot of extra gear, so to speak, like you've got to carry that on your ride and you have to make it work. You know, you got a flat tire or a breakdown or a bad tube, you know, whatever, You've got to fix that on the side of the road. So that's where it kind of just nut up and, and do it. You know, you talk about endurance races where guys will go coast to coast in X amount of hours. Like we had that guy that did San Francisco to Florida, you know, yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah. Axe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he had to outfit it with a high, bigger fuel tank and all that where you're just going. But this is a little bit different. You're at a 40 mile an hour, 50 mile an hour average speed. On back roads, you have no freaking clue where you're going or what's next. You know, that just dawned on me here in the Ozarks and the route that they took. These guys, you know, old bikes, mm-hmm. they didn't know when the next fuel stop was. No, hell no. So, so you got to carry a jerry can too? You can't, yeah, I don't know you if know? you can. <laughs> There's just so many elements to this. that I'm sure the routes were laid out in such that they could get gas. But if you think you're riding along, go, oh, I'll just get the next gas stop. 
Well, you might have just screwed yourself. Exactly. And then think about the old bikes that don't run on today's ethanol very well. Like, you've got to set your machine up to do something like this, too. Exactly. So that's just like hats off to these guys and a couple gals, whatever it might be. Like, that's the ultimate adventure. So if you had the equipment, the bike, would you like to do something like this? You bet your ass I'd, I'd be down for this. The only downside to that is I'm such a money whore that I'm like, all right, where's the time? I've got to, I've got to fractionalize this down to where I can continue to work, is continue cost, to make is money. Is it cost effective for you? <laughs> yeah. You need more monkeys in the garage. I do. I do that. But, man, would that not be the life to own vintage motorcycles like this? You know, this isn't the – I mean, this is the predominant one, but I'm sure there's other places out there that are doing stuff like this. Oh, there's this, got to be you know? local. And I'll admit, I don't know who or what or where they would be but there's got to be local races well wheels through time yeah yeah you know they put on a race every now and then sure do you know locally sure do man if you want to talk about a dude with vintage motorcycles dale when he was alive he well he's his son his son got them all i tell you what his son is every bit as eccentric as he was and probably more so ate up with it than dale was yeah and just absolutely all aspects of life is, is around vintage motorcycles. And what's cool is that when you go to that place, uh, wheels through time and those vintage bikes, you think, well, do you have such and such? Or do you have, got it, got hang, it, Hang got on it, a second. Got let me, it. Let me go get this. And that's what's dope about those guys. Yeah, is it's literally like talking to Joe Blow down the street. Like there's... They've gotten a lot more fame, so to speak, or publicity. Dale really brought it up and mm-hmm. got a lot of recognition for it. And his son, I guess, you know, from what I kind of see, outsider's perspective, is his son was kind of in the backgrounds of it. But holy shit, talk about knowledge. My favorite show of my whole life, and it didn't last very long, was the show they had on TV called What's in the Barn. Yeah, yeah. They're like American Pickers, but they went around looking at old motorcycles. Right. Literally right. in the barn and had to dig them out. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, you know, first thought when Dale died was that, oh, man, I hope that place doesn't go to shambles or Fold a tail up. off. Yeah, but it won't. Man, his boy, from what I can tell, I don't know him personally, so don't don't act like I'm sitting here talking, you know, preaching your to buddy. you. Yeah, yeah, but from what I can see outside perspective, like, that dude's going to carry it and carry it well, which Dale, you know, should be very, very proud of what's going to happen and come out of that place. Okay, here's the test portion. You know, they had to take a test to, to get in this race. Shit. Here's the test portion of the, of the podcast. You just won the lottery. You only get to have one vintage bike, all original. doesn't have to necessarily be in showroom condition, but it has to be running. Yeah. What do you choose? You know, everybody, in my opinion, most people that I know, they're like, ooh, I'm going to get a knucklehead. And maybe it's just where I come from. It would either be a vintage race bike, pre-20s Harley Davidson race bike. Something like a Flying Merkel? No, Harley. Or an Indian flat tracker? Nope, nope. I'm going to go, I would go, you know, somewhere around 1914, 1915, maybe 1914, 1918. Straight tank, straight up race bike. Or, just because I really, really particularly like these bikes, Panhead Springer. Really? Yep. Yep. See, I would go for the obscure bike, the bike that maybe not only nobody has, but nobody's ever even heard of, like the Flying Merkel, or or I I like the old Vincent Black Shadows. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, If that were to be the case, I'd probably take one of those uh, 
late 1800s wooden motorcycles, a steam-driven bullshit like that. Well, I'd come down to watch you try to start that up. Hell, I might as well, right? Yeah. I just want to ride it. It it wouldn't, for me, just where I'm at, it wouldn't be so obscure. Like, I just particularly like those 1914 to 1918, maybe 20 race bikes. And then I, I really like a panhead, factory springer, straight leg, rigid. So you don't want to broaden your horizons and go reach outside the Harley realm? Um, I would own them, yeah. But you asked me what I wanted, that's what I would want. I did. I kind of put yeah. parameters on that. Yeah. That's what I would want. Not to say that I wouldn't like something else. <laughs> yeah. Knowing Randy, he would like all of it. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. I'll that's, take that out. When you say one, I'm like, you know, Why I, do you do that? I, yeah. I, I don't, I can't just have one. Like my wife is so pissed off about my garage being packed full of power sports shit, you know, side by side. How long is it going to be before you have to build another garage? Or a, I'm already thinking about it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, all right, if I could build something else and get all these four wheelers and side by side somewhere else, then I could stack this with more motorcycles. Like, no, so you're not building something else to let your wife have her part of the garage. She's got it, man. She's got a, a spot for her nice new car. She's got a spot for her Cadillac. Like that's it. That's all she wants. All right, then what's the gripe? That's what I'm saying. Because of all the shit sitting around the garage is what she doesn't like. Ah. Truthfully, like I, I could stack it with motorcycles, but I'm such a weirdo. Like, I want to stack it with parts, the weird parts, the engines, the tanks, the frames, the nuts and bolts. Like I particularly like the little stuff about all of it. One time, I don't remember how long ago it was. I saw a episode of American Pickers and they went to this guy that had a warehouse that was probably as long as a football field, maybe half as wide, just a long shoebox warehouse. And he was an old biker. Mm -hmm. Uh, A real biker. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And it was stuffed on shelves and and it was categorized. He had an old library index card filing system. Yeah. Literally the little drawers and everything. That sounds like my filing system. These are all antique, old Harley stuff. Yeah. And this place was packed. Yeah, that's a smart man right there. Yeah, he said, well, he said, this is my retirement. It's all for sale. He said, you want to buy a part? That's fine. You want to come in and buy the whole place? That's fine, too. And he said, that's fine, too. And the guy said, "Uh, how much for the whole place? And he acted like he was serious. And he said, you don't have that much money. Right. I don't know what your financial situation is, but it ain't that. Yeah, I guarantee it ain't that. That's what a lot of people don't understand is like the motorcycle itself is going to be worth so much money. But when you break it down to every part on the motorcycle, the bike's worth four times more. Parted out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hate seeing that, but you know, it, it helps some guys out there. But if your motive stuff. is only reselling money, yeah, that's that's shamefully that's, it. that's the way to go. It really is. Like I've got that forty eight in the shop. I've paid up to twenty five dollars for one washer so that it is period correct. correct and it's the right one. You know, so the you most, didn't go down to the hardware store and just buy a washer. Y- yeah, no, that did not happen. Will not happen. Type of thing on those old bikes. It's sacrilege. Yeah, it's just those dudes that wanted to have, you know, that year, that make, that model, like you pay through the freaking nose for those little parts, you know, cotter pins, bearings, all that crap, you know, just the adjuster on the steering. Like I've seen a guy pay almost $200 just for the knob so that he can have a 19 whatever knob that came on that motorcycle. 
One of the hardest things to find I had read uh, for vintage Harleys, speedometers. Yeah, yeah, that is They're tough. next to impossible to find one that is intact. Shoot, they didn't start doing speedometers until, what, in the 30s? Yeah, they were optional. Yeah, so they didn't have them, but you find an original cased, unmolested Harley Speedo, yeah, break out your wallet. Yeah, well, hell, my dad used to tell me stories, you know, he'd be over 100 years old now, but uh, he used to tell me stories that uh, back when he first started driving, not only did you not need a license, but there was no such thing as a speed limit. Yeah, because they wouldn't go that fast. <laughs> well, they wouldn't go that fast. But... Freaking, how you going to clock a horse and carriage? <laughs> hey, now, they had cars, sort of. <laughs> so vintage motorcycling, I'm, I'm about. I love every aspect of it. I would it. take an old bike over a new one any day of the week. Yeah, see, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, the money's in the new ones, yeah. If you have the time... You can make a lot of money in the old ones, but I want to keep a new one in the stables for my princess of a wife to hop on and ride with me. But if Are it were you up in to trouble me, at home again? Shit, no. Because you threw that out there. No, <laughs> I'm just saying she's a little bit more uh, comfort oriented, and you hop on an old rigid, and that's not so comfort. I can appreciate that. You don't want somebody riding with you that's just. Makes it miserable for him. Yeah. So I'd keep a new one in the stables just for that reason. But if it were up to me, like, shit, I'd just, I'd ride everything old. That'd be that. Perfect. Well, I think we can go ahead and just wrap it up right now with that. Uh, I also want to congratulate Jerry Saunders from Harrison, Arkansas, who won this month's rain gear. I think that's what we were giving away. It is. And uh, if you'd like to take your stab at winning something cool, well, all you got to do is go to randomthoughtsfromtheroad.com. Check out our website. You can listen to back episodes of podcasts that you have maybe missed. And you can also sign up for our free giveaway. Doesn't cost you anything. Life is good. We're just giving away stuff. So check that out. Also, if you're so inclined, we'd appreciate your support. You might consider becoming a member of the club. So, of course, that's entirely up to you. We just appreciate you listening. So until next time, always be safe and keep riding.